You're listening to Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. Welcome to episode 135 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. My name is Ted Stoven, coming to you from Drayton Valley, Alberta. And he's in your child. Are you in your childhood bed? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm at, I'm in, uh, well, Wacy, since you wanted to go there, uh, my parents are divorced and have been since about 2000. And I don't even know what year now, actually. It's been quite a while. Um, kind of like to block that moment out. So thanks for bringing it back. But, uh, haven't stayed in my childhood bed for a while. Fair but, enough. uh, um, yeah, at mom's condo in town, she flew to New Zealand yesterday. My mm-hmm. mom's, um, well, they just got married. My mom and my mom and her partner, Don, they just got mm-hmm. hitched in, on Vancouver Island a while back. Um, nice. but they're going to Don, like some mom's husband's daughter's wedding in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So they're going down there. It's like the 5th of February, I think. So, um, nice. we're here at Calgary, but anyways, I'm in Drayton Valley on the road doing some sales. Got the puppy Pippa with me. We're on the road. Nice. Road um, dog. Uh, so yeah, doing some sales out on the road here. Uh, we just got back from Dallas. Wacy, you're in Vernon, and you've got some big news to share with everybody. I got it by email the other day. We are uh, relocating the downtown yeah. division. Yeah, province over. Province over shifted over to Vernon, the the booming metropolis in the mm. middle of the smack dab in the middle of Okanagan. Yeah, but right Jen and I decided is next time to take the next step in our relationship. So there doing you it, go. really doing it, Harry. There you go. Congrats on the time. move. Thank you. Um, yeah, so you're out in Vernon Ways, uh, and you're coming back to Calgary to get your stuff, move back mm-hmm. over there. Do you think you can fit it all in the RAV? How much are you downsizing? <laughs> Not, I'm downsizing quite a bit because like all of my kitchen stuff is obsolete now that moving into Jen's kitchen. She's got pretty much everything we need. And nice. then, yeah, don't need to bring my couch. I'm getting rid of a, like almost over half my stuff and then like probably getting rid of half of my clothes. So right on. Be, I got a little U-Haul trailer rented, so she'll be able to jam oh, everything in that. that, and that'll be that. That's cool. Yes, so are you having like a Kijiji sale, like Wacy's moving sale, or what are you doing? No, it's kind of works out good. leaving it there s- to saying, see ya? Well, the, so the person who's taking over my place uh, is buying some of my stuff off me, like my patio set nice. and my barbecue, which is really handy. You don't have to worry about dragging that down. Hey, there you go. And then my sister's moving into a new place, so she's taking like my couch and bar stools and a bunch of like random furniture that I don't need. So kind of oh, works man. out well that way. Right yeah. On. So doing that and right on. really. So now that you, now that you live in VCD, are you going to wear toques more often? Is this going to be a thing? Uh, I mean, I'm, I've been skiing all weekend, so it's kind of cold up here. So I'm just, Oh, okay. We just got, we just got in from doing some tubing at the tube yeah, that's town. Cool. That's Silver cool. Star Mountain Resort. Yeah. Where are you exactly right now? I'm at a Airbnb at Silver Star. Oh, like you're at of, the ski hill. Yeah, we had a bunch of friends come in from Calgary. Like Josh and Amanda came in for the weekend cool. to do some skiing and stuff. So we're been hanging out. Yeah. Right on. Last right night. On. It's there been a good weekend. Go. It's been nice. Sweet. In the slopes, good conditions. Hey, there you go. Yeah, right on. Some well, good, and exciting times. Yeah. We just got back from Dallas. Had a great show down there. Thanks everybody for stopping by the booth. It was very cool. Uh, yeah. Saw lots of folks. Had a good. Had a good show. We uh, shipped a bunch of stuff on Monday when we got back. And then we've been on the run. Uh, I, I got to go see uh, uh, Sandy Cooper. Um, we saw Maggie Cooper down mm-hmm. in Dallas, uh, Coulter down there. And yeah, I got to go meet Sandy. I got to talk about that two ways because he was like, mm-hmm. 
for what happened. So for those that don't know, may not know what happened. So Sandy got in a bronc riding wreck on uh, December 30th, I think it was. Yeah, it's right around New Year's. In Brooks and uh, and landed on his head. And uh, and I think, I don't know how to tell the story exactly, but I think he broke his neck right there and was like, I think he was paralyzed from the neck down at that point. Um, I think he was in a coma for a while. And then he they they did something and they didn't know if he could breathe on his own. And then and then he got by that and then he's just consistently improved and uh is moving his uh like both of his arms again now. And I mm-hmm. think and they said he can only get better from here is what 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 they said. They don't know how far like somebody I think I think Maggie told me that he broke his C three four and five or something. And they say that anything below that, you don't really get your feeling back. So for him to already have his arms back, like some of his arm movements back is already Mm -hmm. a huge benefit. But like that kid was so positive. It just blew my mind. Like for what just happened, he was just so, so positive. I I was incredibly impressed and uh, glad to be there. And I Mm -hmm. I brought him a couple things and he was super thankful. And and then Maggie's been sending me pictures. even wearing our shirt and our hat uh, doing his Yeah, she sent me a picture of him wearing it, and he said it's his favorite yeah. hat ever. He's never taken it off. So yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome. Glad to see that. Uh, and yeah, gonna go back and see him here next week as well. So, uh, but I gotta say, yeah, there's a huge uh, GoFundMe out there for him right now. So, mm-hmm. um, so what they got like they have to totally retrofit the house so that he can get around. Uh, I don't know what that's gonna cost. I think I mm-hmm. think I heard a number about like two hundred fifty thousand dollars to do rehab. Uh, to like go and actually do like the full physio treatment and everything. So I think it was at a hundred grand when I looked the other day, 107,000. I don't know what it's at wow. now, but if anybody listening can donate, go to, uh, it's, uh, the main link on Coulter's Coulter uh, walls. Instagram yeah, Instagram. We should put that in ours too. Actually. I think Wayse. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We got, when we, we announced, handle when, on we, that, so. when we announced the show, I can, I can add it in. Yeah. Yeah. Throw in next week. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you'll be able to find it. We'll put it in our, our link in our bio too. So, uh, make yeah. sure if you can help out Sandy, Sandy Cooper Black, uh, give him a hand up and help him out. He's uh, one of the nicest kids you ever meet. I told him that we'd have him on the show here sometime. Maybe. Uh, oh, man, that'd be great. And he said we should be talking to a guy like J.R. Vizane, uh and talk about, you know, what mm-hmm. happened with J.R. and what what his story was throughout this whole throughout his whole, whole ordeal. So, uh, yeah, I got to say, you know, I'm a big I'm a, I'm a Sandy Cooper fan. Now after yeah. meeting him, so I'm glad I got to meet him. Glad I got to connect and look forward to seeing well, him. It's this even week. cool to talk to people in a circle who like how positive oh, they yeah. are and supportive, and even what Coulter's done with donating his album sales. Like that's a oh yeah, like for a guy who makes his living off his music, that's a, a pretty cool thing he's doing. So 100%. yeah, we're rooting for him, and it's been cool to see the rodeo community come together. So yeah, exactly. we're fans of that that young fella for sure. Exactly, very cool. So yeah, that that saw him when we came back. Um, what else we've been up to? I'm on the road had again. A, had, right had like one of the funnest Friday nights ever in Fort Worth. <laughs> oh yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, I went up hanging out with Amber Marshall from Heartland. It was yeah. funny. My dad was telling me he, he, yeah. So what happened? So we were supposed to go with uh, the Jones boys are kind of going to come with us to go to uh, uh, Lonesome Dove in Fort Worth, and then we're going to go to the show after. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if they're going to come along with the show. I don't. I think I told Trevor and the crew that, but uh, but we ended up getting together with them on Wednesday instead. Uh, you guys hadn't got into town yet. You got a little bit, mm-hmm. you got delayed on the way down. Delayed, too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So I told Amber, I knew she was coming down. I was like, Hey, do you want to come? Do you guys want to come with it with us? Cause we had kind of had plans the other couple of days with other folks and whatnot. So uh, yeah. Invited them down and we had like an unreal time. 
Got to meet Brad Wall. Big fan of Brad. Got to meet him. Man, finally. that was a big time moment for me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we're talking about it this weekend. It's me like, too. man, that I, that's amazing. the very first person I ever voted for. So it was cool. Yeah. yeah. Full circle moment for me. Pretty awesome. So yeah, I got yeah. to meet Brad. Uh, got to hang with Coulter again. Uh, uh, yeah, pretty unreal Friday night in Fort Worth. We had a, quite a large time. And uh, yeah, shoot, what else happened? Um, I kind of forget. I think. Something else went down. This we, oh, we had like 19. You had a picture of 19 of us like on that bull at, at Billy Bob's. There was 19 of us on there? <laughs> no, I think it was like 11 or 12. But Just a lot, though. There's a lot yeah. of folks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So tonight I was having dinner with my dad and my brother. And I gave my brother, uh, I gave him an old phone of mine. So because he, he's uh, gave him a couple old phones. So he, had, he didn't have to buy a new one. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy's Jimmy's got his, got some new phones. He's pumped up, ready to roll. But nice. then brought my dad back all his chew from our travels the last few months. Uh, he was down to his last couple uh, couple of uh, couple bites. So I, so he was pumped to be back in the chew. But uh, we were talking at dinner, and he's like, and Dad just somehow started talking about Heartland. He's like, yeah, and and Amy uh, was raising this kid by herself, and Ty died, and he's like talking about the whole storyline of the show. He's like, watch his, he formed his, my dad forms his Sundays now around Heartland <laughs> and watching it. And I was like, no way, dad, look at this. And I like showed him all the pictures of us with Amber. And he was like, I don't know if he was jealous or, or if he was like impressed or what, but it was kind of funny that dad's oh, a big Heartland crazy. fan. And and we were hanging out with Amber like a week before. Oh, it's great. That's like, it's kind of similar to like the times we hang out with Corb. It's like, I, I remember when Heartland first came out and we used to, my family used to watch it all the time. And then now to think that we're friends with Amber and, hang around her all the time was, it's pretty cool was amber your first horse girl crush <laughs> you say me i probably could say that <laughs> uh oh boy well i guess that was we'll, awesome uh, fun trip yeah big time fun so i guess we'll get to our uh interview this week we're again reliving some of our cfr canadian finals rodeo uh interviews from i guess cowboy shit live some of these mm-hmm. uh these were filmed in front of a live audience so if you weren't there you would have never got to see the show but uh, this week we uh, we talked to our friends, David, our friend David Sharp from the Wrangler Network, uh, Jason Klein from the Pinocchio Stampede is the president, mm-hmm. and our friend Eric Thornburg from Sweet Pro and uh, Equipride Networks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was on like I think this was the Friday of. Uh, yeah, it was. It was the vintage night because I was wearing my Sweet Smith old oh, hat. Oh yeah, you had your sick like full on <laughs> the big feather thing. The front of your yeah. Hat. Yeah. So. Thanks to these guys for joining us. We had a good, really good bullshit with this crew. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you in a bit. Once again, this is Cowboy Shit. Ted and Wasey, I'm Ted. He's Wasey. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, be back soon. I've been down the Mississippi, down through New Orleans. Yes, I have. It'll be great. Okay, so we've done a few shows like this. Uh, first one was in like 2019. Uh, did them again in 2021. This is our third kind of year doing these at the Canadian Finals Rodeo. And today we've got something a little different. We've got, got kind of the business side. The business side. Yeah, so we've got a couple of our friends rounded up. We'll uh, bring them up on the stage. We're going to yeah. talk some sponsorship, some uh, some of the rodeo kind Production of... Production side of things. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. Give people an inside look of what how a rodeo happens. Yeah. What it takes to make a rodeo happen. Exactly. So thanks everybody for joining us. We'll uh, 
get her going here. So our first guest today, he's the president of the Pinocchio Stampede. Stampede. <laughs> Stampede. Pinocchio Stampede. Jason Klein, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Jason. Guys. Thanks for being here. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. For, thanks for asking me. Yeah, we, and and so now we have, uh, you know, we had to welcome our Canadians first. Come on, boys, come on! Right through the shot. Find come the on. camera. Come boys. on, guys. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Jeez. So uh, for those over on the uh, on the stage left side, uh, our bull riders and tie down ropers signing autographs on the uh, left side of, you know, the stage. The stage. Yeah. Let's get your autographs over there, and then come check out the show after that. But our next guest. He's all the way from. I was going. I was trying to get the, into the uh, international side of things because our next two guests come with us all the way from America, the U.S. of A. The U.S. of A. They're so <laughs> Q born in the U.S.A. Yeah. Oh no! Sorry, we're not going to get that one. Damn. Too little, too late. We didn't. We didn't recognize. We didn't tell Duncan early enough. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he's our friend from Sweet Pro Feeds, Eric Thornburg. Welcome to the show. Hey. The crowd goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> So Eric uh, actually brought a couple, uh, couple sweet PBR. What, who do you got there, Eric? Who'd you bring with it with you? Uh, I've got some bobbleheads here for those two lucky fans over there in the face paint. Nice. Who, which bull? Which bull is a bruiser? This is Sweet Pro's bruiser, three-time champion of the world. Not the a world. big deal. Come get your prizes, girls. We got come got on up. sweet bobbleheads for you. Yeah. Nice. Don't throw them. Can he catch? <laughs> Nice. Outstanding. What a way to start it off. Thanks, Eric. Nice. Awesome. And our third guest he comes with it comes to us all the way from Georgia, part of the Wrangler Network. Now with Wrangler the brand directly. He's my friend David Sharp. He's my friend too, man. Yeah, he's also Storm's friend. <laughs> he's exclusively your friend. He's not allowed to be anybody else. He's my friend. friend too. Okay. Thanks already for being here today. Yeah. David, uh, been quite the trip you left on what tuesday and you just got here today <laughs> not quite but close I, I got here last night through a roundabout way of had to stay in calgary because i couldn't get up here the drive was kind of rank on wednesday as you guys know we were glad that we left tuesday because it was nasty that was about as it's about as bad as it gets, isn't it jason that, it, it is yeah it doesn't get much worse it's almost north dakota bad agreed <laughs> Agreed. That's Winnipeg weather for you right there. <laughs> Did you have some regrets flying in, David, seeing all the snow on the ground? Did I what? Have some regrets flying in? No, no, no. It was good. You know, I got stuck. You know, you have airplane problems, mechanical. So that started it. And then I hung out in DFW for like 12 hours and then got to Calgary at midnight. And then they lost my bag. So it was just, it was just a progressive One thing. thing. After another. <laughs> and, they, and they lost it. They just like... Was it losing, or did they just like misplace it from you? Because it was like on a different carousel, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was just a trickery. It was a bit of a Where's Waldo day. <laughs> <laughs> David, yeah, let's get right uh, into things here. You brought uh, there's this thing that you've had to have with you for the last what, like six months? Maybe maybe even longer, maybe eight or nine months now. Is that a challenge? All year? Yeah, it's been a while. I've had to haul this thing around. Everybody goes like, "Why are you wearing a backpack everywhere you go?" And, Why do you have a man purse with yeah, smallest you? Smallest backpack you ever. Gonna, you're going to expose me. So the quick version. Hang on. Wrangler's 75th anniversary, so uh, Montana has partnered with us, and this thing actually has 75 real diamonds in it. We're gonna end up, yeah, we're gonna end up uh, auctioning off to a couple of charities uh, as we roll into January, celebrating the rest of the year. So it's exciting. The uh, um, Montana made it's worth like what, like 
forty thousand dollars, something crazy. Like that's I can't say it no, too correct. loud, but that's correct. I uh, yeah, I actually, you know, I trust them, but they, I, I wanted to know what the diamonds were, so I asked somebody that knows about diamonds, and they were like, "Yeah, this is legit. If it's a, uh, if I'm making a bracelet out of it, U.S. twenty grand." In diamonds, so oh, it, really, wow, yeah. So Holy the rest smokes. of it, you know how much it takes to make a buckle. It's pretty remarkable. And you got, and you're going to auction it off, and for the for which charities again? What was the story? I'm give now Western Sports Foundation and Lead Changes. Both of them. The concept is, is as we celebrate our 75th anniversary, is to sow into the next 75 years. So that's kind of the concept. People that speak into uh, stuff like that. Lead Western Sports Foundation. You know what that is. Lead Change is an organization that takes people that are not familiar, that come from uh, inner cities or, or areas that would never get to be involved in the Western lifestyle, and they bring them out. Could be any level of different um, hardships or travesties in their lives, um, and bring them out. They don't, they don't, you know, boast about it. They don't post pictures of these kids. Most of them are kids, and they bring them out and let them uh, come up to uh, Wyoming and uh, spend some time on the ranch just to rehab the back of the horse concept. Uh, Jason, let's get into to the rodeo this year. It was a big year for rodeo all across the country. Record crowds all over the place. As we know, the last couple of years has been tough on rodeo. Two years without a rodeo. Two years without a rodeo. And, and talk a bit about how, how, how this year went and, and how awesome it was. I never got to make it up there this year, but Ted said it was an absolute banger. So It was. It, it was massive. And, you know, like I said, two years without rodeo, um, you know, and – and not just Pinocchio, I think rodeo in general just exploded, right? Um, I was saying earlier here and talking to somebody in the crowd that uh, our average attendance in Pinocchio over the seven days, we're looking at about seventy-five to 85,000 people. This year, we were well over 100,000. Wow. Right? And it's, and it's, you know, biggest concern, I think, not just Canadian rodeo, but rodeo in general was, after two years, are there going to be enough contestants? Are there going to be enough fans, right? And it was amazing to see, see shoots full. You see the, the stands full, sponsors everywhere. And I think as a community, the Western community, the rodeo community really came back together, right? And came to back together with a vengeance. And it was fantastic. We, we almost had too much content at times. We, had, we were kind of filling and making sure we had enough exactly. stuff. And then there was, there was a, ton of, a ton of stuff to do. It was it ended, up being, uh, ended up being way, way uh, better show kind of thing than we expected too, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it was... It was uh, I mean, there was, you watch and you see guys carrying four beer cans at a time, right? <laughs> and they used to, you know, in the old days, they'd set them down to have a fight, right? Now they'd set them down just to shake hands with their neighbors. I mean, it was, it was pretty good. So. Haven't seen anybody in too long. <laughs> exactly. Well, and for those who may watch this back later or don't know, Pinocchio's not the biggest of communities. How did the small communities and the smaller committees keep stay together during these two years without rodeo? Well, I mean, it was tough. And again, like we went, you know, two years and Prior to that two years, we just built a brand new facility with, you know, super suites and all kinds of stuff. Did a lot of investment. Uh, for us, you know, long history and, you know, good track record of, of you know, taking care of ourselves. We're okay, but, you know, the smaller communities, especially, um, you know, we look at Pinocchio. So much comes out of that rodeo that goes in back in the community, right? And, you know, you've really seen that in, in the two years. We're not being able to give back. Really, you know, it hurt a lot of groups. And, you know, the smaller the communities, I think, the, the, you know, the bigger that impact was. Have either of you guys been to Pinocchio? Eric, no? Yep. David, you have or? I have not. Tim and uh, Sam, Sam have done Sam that one. Stu. We always yeah. streamed it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but so for you guys that don't know this, uh, Pinocchio is a town of like, what, five, 6,000 people? Yeah, 6,500 people, yep. So 110,000 people come to this rodeo in a town of 6,000 people. A lot of people. Yeah. 
I don't know what how big your guys' hometowns are, but uh, nine hundred people. Nine hundred, David. <laughs> how how big were you? we're bigger than that? We're in the thousands, but yeah, it's a good sized town. To imagine having that at six hundred, six hundred, yeah, It'd be like having yeah. It's pretty pretty impressive what what they do in Pinoca. So, well, well and, and Eric, I mean, we pose the same question to you from a sponsor and, and like feed standpoint. Did you notice kind of a drop off or a dip throughout the two years without rodeo or Western sports going? Uh, we didn't really see too much of a drop in sales or anything, but we noticed a drop in enthusiasm of just like life and culture around. So it's nice to have it back. That's for sure. You guys have been involved for probably, uh, how long has it been in on the PBR side with, between the Buck and Bulls? Bruiser, like it's probably been about 10 years that I remember right now, but it's probably way longer. Yeah. So uh, the pages, Dylan, Dylan and HD had been using our products for probably about 10 years and they had had a really bad they, they had a really bad uh, conception rate. It was probably about a 63% conception rate. And it was the worst that they had ever had, actually. And uh, and so our, our guy, Ronnie Glover in uh, Oklahoma, actually went up and he just said, you know, I want you to try these tubs. And he's like, Ronnie, I've tried these tubs all over the place. No way. And he's the sales rep there? He's our sales rep in Oklahoma, but just really good friends. And he basically, Dylan went on a, on a big, long rodeo tour out the east. And Ronnie came over, dropped dropped tubs off and he said hey i want you to feed these every 10 days and uh, when he came back you could see a difference in his cows and he was like all right next year conception rates go up to about 93 we know how much those animals uh can go for on those sales and everything and we pulled the trigger on a sponsorship with sweet pros long john ended up winning the world and then we and then i was just watching bruiser right behind him and i was like we need to get our name on that bull too how much did that help your guys' brand for being tagged on those world champion bulls? I mean, probably t- skyrocketed your guys' reputation within the community. Well, I'll tell you what, it was, it's pretty nice to be able to walk up to someone versus, you know, and say, hi, I'm with Sweet Pro. And they're like, oh, hi, uh, I've heard of that. Versus like, hi, would you like to hear about Sweet Pro? No? Oh, okay. Thanks. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I take it you don't have the same problem, uh, David, on the Wrangler side. It's, it is interesting, yeah. Even here, I, I feel like, I got to tell you, coming through customs, I had some stuff, and the guy was like, what is this stuff you're bringing in? And I'm telling him, and he goes, I, I think I've heard of Wrangler. Because, uh, <laughs> but I wasn't prepared for that. And he said, keep up the good work. Get on through. Uh, David, one thing I wanted to ask you about is, even throughout the pandemic, the consumption of how people watch sports, watch events, and consume media has changed a lot from the longer-form stuff moving into more of the short-form stuff. How has that affected your guys' work with the Wrangler Network and how you guys approach distributing your content? We started, you know, immediately, obviously. Everybody knows when it happened, it was like there was a wall. And so we we started going creative, like what could we do to do other things? And, you know, the, the truth is, I mean, a lot of great videos from Pinoca. We started repurposing content, which, I mean, there was a general gnashing of teeth for content. But we also coming up with creative thing uh we have a basketball tournament in the states uh, march madness around that so we came up with april dadness we had people telling dad <laughs> jokes which by the way came down to two legends jb mooney and cotton rosser at the final to tell a dad joke so it was good to watch some of that stuff but as you mentioned and you hit on it the the short form content became king then to do things to get people because everybody was sitting around going what to watch you know just scrolling through their phones so we were trying to find something to stop the scroll and that's how we kind of tackled it do you remember what the uh the dad off joke ended up being I, like I, the I championship uh I match i need to look that up yeah i don't remember exactly they were so good though it's uh 
it, it was good watching. It's still there. You can archive it and watch it on. Go back and watch yeah. it. Were you able to be? Were you part of that? The dad off? Yeah, me and uh, Matt Merritt pretty much did it. And as you know, Stu he produced it behind the scenes, and uh, we just did you enter though? Like I feel like you. Got no, no, no. We we were the host, and we'd enter it and bring everybody together. So it it kind of it started out just like you would imagine with a sweet sixteen. We had a bracket system and. They'd tell jokes, and every day they'd go together, and we put PBR against PRCA guys telling dad jokes. And ironically, Flint went out the first round. It was kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> he tried too hard. That's what he was trying too hard. Oh, boy. Well, one thing, too, that's been really successful for you guys and what I, what we followed has been the auxiliary things around the rodeo rather than just the rodeo content alone. How much has that, again, helped kind of move what you guys need to get out there you know i think that's a great question because rodeo content we all make our bread and butter off of the bucking horses and the steer wrestling barrel racing but ultimately um the diehards get that the people in our inner circle but if you want to draw them in for us it was um you know it was ridge flundra with his pony it was some tomas garcia lazo doing trick rope and it was all these acts and other things that gave us entertainment value that people went i didn't know this this i thought it was just doing something with animals and roping but they realized the the theatrics and the production of what everybody does that pulls these together and then we could teach them about Pinoka shootout we could teach them about the other things the hundred thousand at calgary once we got through that but we had to get them in there with a hook and that was the way to do it for a lot of people that had no experience with rodeo was to show them something that was a little bit closer to what they could comprehend um, so we have uh, David Sharp with the with Wrangler here, Eric Thornbrook with Sweet Pro, and Jason Klein on the Pinocchio Stampede side. You guys, you're trying to attract the sponsors. What what are, what have you seen that have that have been some key wins for you all in the last, uh, I want to say five years or so that you've been maybe maybe longer that you've been involved with with the Stampede. But what are you, what are you doing to attract the sponsors on this side, and what what are, what are the most valuable valuable pieces you're providing to to keep these people engaged and and Bring more fans into the sport. What are, what are you doing on that side? And keep your sponsors coming back too. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, and and that's the biggest big one. And you know, really, you got you got those two key elements you hit on, right? Number one, you got your fans. Number two, you get your sponsors, right? And you know, in the old days, if you will, right, you run out, you get fifteen hundred dollars or fifteen thousand dollars from a sponsor. You hang their banner on the fence. You call it a day, right? But it's evolved so much in the last five years, right? And you know, it's individual by sponsor. I mean, some sponsors like to have a sweet as an example right and they like to entertain and wine and dine some aren't that way right some don't want their names out you know in certain areas things like that so it's really about the package you can offer a sponsor right and and customizing it for that person right because they have needs they have wants they have these guys will get i don't know how many thousand a year people looking for money right so what can you do different to give them a good experience or great experience that they can give their consumers or their customers a great experience right because ultimately, if they give me twenty-five thousand dollars, they got to sell twenty-five thousand dollars somehow, right? Or or fifty. Or fifty, right? Exactly. So you know, that's really what we're looking at: is how do we not only attract new sponsors, but how do we look after the ones we have? How do we give them a great experience, right? So that they keep coming back, and they'll you know they'll bring more with them. And what what have you what have you all been doing to to ensure these these pieces have been been fulfilled? I know one big part of it was building another entire. Uh, bleacher of sweets that was I don't know if like a five million dollar or more uh, or building more, yeah. or more yeah maybe ten I, I don't know what it is but it's a it's a ton of money in in just one building of sweets you already had uh, the one set of sweets in the old buck and shoot grandstand yep. maybe not old that's probably the newest one before for that but then you had uh, 
also have the sweet spot on the time event side as well. So yep. there's still room to grow, but but that was a huge commitment to do to open up one year before COVID hit. And then you have to carry the loan over for two years of no events. But but sweets is a huge thing for Pinocchio. But but what, tell me more about what else. Well, I mean, and you experienced it this summer, right? And we tried some new things because there's the rodeo. There's the what we call inside the fence, right? And there's you got your rodeo arena, whether we got rodeo going on or chuck wagons or PBR or kids events or whatever it might be. But there's everything else outside the fence, right? And what can sponsors, what can we do for sponsors? You know, we had some sponsors on the outside of the fence this year, right? In the carnivals and the midways and art shows and restaurants and things like that. All right, so it's really about uh, showing or selling that whole package, right? And making sure that, again, everybody has a, a great experience. And, you know, not everybody wants to come see a rodeo, right? Honestly, right? But they want to maybe bring their kids or bring their family or mom and dad or whatever it might be and have an experience through the day, right? And that's really one thing we focused on this year was come in the morning and stay till late at night, right? And that goes to your fans and your sponsors as well. Well, and, and David, as Jason mentioned, you probably you have thousands of people reaching out to you guys for sponsorship, endorsement, all that kind of stuff. What are some of the key things you look for when you before you choose who you support, whether it be a rodeo event or an athlete? I mean, obviously, um, rodeo events are all the things you can imagine. It's the experience. You want it to be something like that. But obviously, there's crowds and numbers always play into that. But for us, it's really selling jeans. So we want good exposure, something you can put your name on that just doesn't have massive crowds but portray something positive about the Western lifestyle, the family aspect of it. Because look, I mean, when we were all apart, everybody realized real quickly, I'm not going to waste, if, if and when we get back together, I'm not going to waste that opportunity for community. And community spoke volumes. So we look at these events and go, who's really building community and doing things that just aren't rodeo, but have ancillary things that can cultivate somebody wanting to be a part of the culture and wear denim. And as far as athletes, you know, yeah, I want them good in the arena, but there's a there's a real facet of what they're doing outside. I mean, are they are they talking to people? Are they delivering things? Are they are they volunteering? I know that sounds. Are they cool. making TikTok videos? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasey's, Wasey's still on the don't ask list. I'm kidding. <laughs> His TikTok videos got Damn. me nervous. I'm kidding. Um, Coming so, from the guy that makes them with the buffalo coat. Yeah, come on, man. We see we seen you doing this. True show. story. True story. But I'm already in, so. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's the truth of it. I mean, it's really because I look at these athletes and I, I mean, there's a couple of things that I realized I'd ask them all the time. I said, you know, would you do this? Would you really do this? Um, be a part of Wrangler for free? Because I honestly probably will never be able to pay you what I think you're worth because you have great worth. And, and I don't know that I can ever get there. And, uh, because in the arena is kind of their platform, even though for years we were raised on watching everybody wear brands in the arena. But now that's their platform. Everything else is kind of ours. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's actually that's a good way of looking at it. Almost, can I pose the same question to you, Eric? What are you guys looking for, even when it comes to choosing to attend a certain trade show and stuff? Because like, even like with the CFR, it may not be the best fit for some for a feed company too. Well, I guess uh, off the top of my head, the thing that we kind of look at the most is uh, one: Do you use the product? Like, are you actually using the product? Do you, do you know it? Do you believe in it? Uh, are you respected in the community? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's kind of what we look for. And then like partnerships, like value added partnerships with you guys, for instance. Oh yeah, like the, like the t-shirt. <laughs> oh, oh, what, yeah. what a t-shirt this is. <laughs> for those oh, look at that. Whoa. For those that don't know, oh, look at there. we've been uh, we've been working with Eric for uh, for a few Dang. months now. Oh, much better. 
Thanks, guys. I can finally breathe. <laughs> well, and then I guess like the second part to that question, the cattle people in the cattle industry are, like set, tend to be oh, yeah. very set in their ways, and when you're trying to like get into a new market or attract new customers, how do you have to do that to set your set to get people to change what they're already doing? Because if it's kind of the if it ain't broke, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of thing in the cattle industry. Uh, well, for us, so so Sweet Pro is my dad's company. You know, I never thought I was going to work for the man, and I just came up and took the Canadian account. And I was like, let's do this. Um, so their livelihood is my livelihood. So I need their programs to be successful. And I think we bring that to the table. I think that we, I think we bring that to the table. And it's always easy to take like something where a program's a little bit off and make that good. It takes a little bit more time to make a good program just that much better. But that's what we do. What have been some of the biggest successes you've seen up here so far? It's been, uh, how long have you guys been up this way? And, uh, and how long, like, cause you're, you're personally going to all the accounts now, like you're, are you all of Western Canada or all of Canada altogether? Like you're on the road most of the time. Making the miles. Making the miles. Yeah. So it's on, uh, they're kilometers up here, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we've been on the road. Yeah. So all of Canada, but I would think, I think the biggest, the biggest home run we hit was picking up the Calgary Stampede as a customer. That one, that one's pretty special for us. And that's the ranch, uh, Tyler Craft, yep. uh, and all the bucking horses now. Yep, met them through uh, Chad Bestplug. So Tyler Craft's yeah. eating sweet bro. Yeah. Oh damn! Look at that CFR <laughs> NFR pickup man now. It that's, works. That explains a lot. <laughs> Tell us more about uh, about what goes into it though, because it's a it's something uh, kind of the the formula kind of like it's proprietary partially, but our biggest thing is uh, sure our biggest thing is uh, no starch, sugar, molasses. We really key on feeding the microbial population of the animal, basically using just rough cowboy math. One pound of sweet pro replaces about 13 pounds of hay or forage uh, for an average 1,600 pound mother cow, and then herd health goes up. So that's basically that's basically what we bring to the table. So value added that side, and then our horse side, we've got our Equipride and our Equilix, and uh, again, no starch, sugar, molasses. We're just kind of on the grow, and we're really good at hoof growth, uh, hair coat, colic issues, and then after that, it's just muscling up. It uh, I gotta say, it looked like it worked really well for Darcy Flad this year, as far as Things went for Darcy. That was new for him, right? And then goes and has a wicked run in Calgary. Gets in a bit of trouble later on at the Stampede, I think. Round was, nine. Yeah, yeah, right? Round nine, yeah. Broke a tug strap and yeah. took him out. But he was sitting third. All he had to do was so clean was run. Building up. That's all he needed. Clean run, and he was going to be running for a championship. And I was yeah. like, well, well, let's go. Could have been like, what could have been his best finish ever at, at Calgary, I think. But like he also had a really great season as far as I remember. But And this is year one for him with the Equipride and Equilex products. For those that have not uh, met Darcy yet, uh, that boy is a tough cookie to crack. So I like it. Enough <laughs> not to crack. I just convinced him like, hey, I, I think this is what you want to do with your program. And he's like, no, that's not what I'm doing. But we got him there, and then like, his horses ran great. Excellent season, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jason, as Ted mentioned earlier in the show, we've done a lot of these over the years and had a lot of contestants come up from both Canada and the U.S. Right. And every time we ask them like, what, what their favorite event is, they say the Pinocchio Stampede. So I want to know from your perspective, what makes Pinocchio the premier event or the one that everybody wants to go to or why it's top of the list for most contestants? Well, number one, it's money. You know, honestly, I mean, it's the largest rodeo in Canada, you know, pay-wise. Um, and, it, and it counts. And it counts, yeah. <laughs> and that's the biggest one, it counts, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, think, I think it's just... You know, we, you know, we started in 1936. Obviously, I wasn't around then, uh, but you know, started in 1936, and the traditions that we have created over the years we've kept, right? And it's a real balancing act between, 
I mean, you look at the athletes today, you know, they're high tech, you know, it's, it's a different, it's a living, right? So keeping that tradition of rodeo alive, keeping the tradition of what we've done over those years alive, but then, you know, being able to, to, you know, work into the future of, of where rodeo is going, right? I think we've had great success with that. Um, being open-minded, you know, trying new things, not being scared to try new things. Hiring Ted. What's that? Yeah, hiring <laughs> Ted. Uh, yeah, well. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. <laughs> but hey, it got me up on stage today, didn't it? Yeah, so. it, worked out, it worked out all right. <laughs> well, you guys also reworked the PBR back into the event, which is yes. both times you've had in the last two years have been bangers of events, or last couple times you've had it. Yeah. Talk a bit about that decision and how it's helped add to the show. Yeah, so... I mean, the, the PBR brings its own crowd, right, uh, to a point. So, you know, so years ago, we tried PBRs either, you know, usually two, three nights before the rodeo started with very limited success, right? Um, so, you know, through COVID and, and all that stuff we all endured, uh, we held a chuck wagon event back in September 21. And we thought, well, let's, let's put a PBR in it, right? And it was just like, it was a great day because it was the... That morning, uh, as a president, I got an email from the from uh, the premier saying that you know, unfortunately, you guys are going to be shut down because as of you know, as of uh, eight o'clock in the morning, no more uh, drinking and you know, no more bars are open, no more of this. We're going back to lockdown, and then we got an exception as a special <laughs> outdoor event. So we're Thankfully. the only place in Alberta <laughs> that night that you could have you a could, beer. You could drink with beer. someone else legally, <laughs> so, but. Uh, I mean, then we brought the PBR back again this year with the rodeo, and it, it just fits so well, right? And, um, you know, it just, it's a different crowd. You know, we finish our chuck wagons up at, what, 8.30 at night. We get the arena ready. We get the lights up. We reload the crowd, and it's just, it's fantastic. Get the pyro set. Yep. It's get a it cool going. transition, too, to go from the rodeo and, and like you mentioned, the really traditional side of, of the way the rodeo fits, to go to the PBR, and you got pyro blowing up and the we crank the music up even louder and it's a bit of a different show that way. And it's a, uh, it's a fun, it's fun been cool to see rodeos trends. incorporate that. Like Armstrong did it this year too. And, and it's a nice way to kind of like tie both together when it seems there's been a lot of like tension between both rodeo and PBR yeah, over the years. Um, David, you're no stranger to rodeo production. You've been around it for a long time. Kind of alluding to something you were talking about with like having to cater to the tr traditional side and kind of the newer age of rodeo fan, the higher and the new stuff. fan. Yeah, yeah. Or the not the new, fan the that you want to turn into a fan. Yeah. How do you walk the line and find that balancing act between having a product that caters to the traditional fans, but also trying to bring in and entertain the new fans? Well, um, you know, I think that's also regional and community. You have to look at it because it's not everything, as you know, the city rodeos are a little different than the ones that are out in rural areas, but man, you're right. And, and even for, when I was running Extreme Bulls, there were some events where we did pyro and stuff, but there were some like Cody, Wyoming. We didn't, I mean, we brought a, a, a big fire truck in and raised an American flag and did stuff that was a lot different. No pyro involved and some of the openings were, were much more gratifying without the pyro, right? So um, again, it's, it's really, it's, it's not any different than sales. You have to read your customer a little bit and your, your consumer and your fan base. But you also have to, I mean, you play music, so you know. You can't just play country music and happy trails the whole time, but you can't pound them with Metallica the whole time either. So it's the same scenario. It's got to be a, a sweet pro balance in the whole thing, to, a sweet professional <laughs> balance. Trademark. That's why the, I'm rocking these Wranglers right now. <laughs> Long live sweet pro. So, but that's what you got to do is just find that balance and really listen to your consumer and not go, look, I like 
raspberry chipotle and that's what i'm going to have on my shelves no Coming matter the what food they, guy. no matter what <laughs> they like right i mean no because i mean it's like i mean you can't just go this is what i like and live with, especially music guys i see music guys learn and they go i really like this song this song this song but that doesn't always cater to everybody else so you're you know you have to really select it no different in production you have to do what everybody else is like and then be aware of the nuance um just like y'all do with music what's different what's cute what's fun TikTok man knows the game. Know the game, baby. Talk about the new role, too, David. This is something that you took on in the last, is it six months kind of thing? Not even, really. So it was really June. I started at the PBR finals in uh, Texas. So, yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride. Um, I wasn't really planning on Canada and some of the other things, so it kind of evolved into that, taking over a lot more stuff. And we're still, uh, you know, I'd like to say that, that, you know, COVID is over, but there's still the lingering effects of the supply chain. As you know, you order stuff. Um, so that's been a hurdle. I get a lot of challenges with that. And then in, in, I don't know how it is here, but in the States, we're still, we're still battling labor coming back. So trying to get things embroidered or do work or transport stuff, it, there's a lot of hurdles, but the job is so gratifying and fun because, uh, and for me, I'm on a side that I've never been where, you know, I'm not telling everybody and pitching them like, he said, uh, who I am, can I get in? People are going, oh, Wrangler, okay, that's pretty interesting. So it's fun from that standpoint. But, man, you know, for me, it's it's really it's really about people and connecting. I mean, you know this, Ted. You and I have sat around and talked a lot of times over the years and getting to know people, understanding their, their struggles and their challenges. And, well, I spent a lot of time with um, – my wife would tell you probably 14, 16 hours a day on the phone, but I spent a lot of time um, with a lot of challenges – not just from supply chain, but supply chain in people's life and heart and what's going on with their family and their rodeo career through injury. So it's a, it's almost like a little bit of a high school counselor meets, uh, you know, inspirational uh, gene salesman at the same time. So how did it work for, for Wrangler, the brand over the, over the two years where there were no events? What, how, what did you see on the side of the endorsees and that side of things or, or in your experience now, with the, with a couple of years off, because the we as athletes in that business don't have as much to offer in that time off, but a lot of the sponsors still stuck through the whole way. Wrangler Wrangler did because I was on the network side and they asked us to do some things different, but the Cowboys and Cowgirls they really couldn't. Now you guys had some people, a lot of people that just came south, and and because we didn't totally shut down in rodeo, it was very limited and crowds were limited, as you know. But, man, people people really stepped their game up. There was a lot of people that said, you know, all right, I give. I'm going to do Instagram. I may have had Facebook, but I'm going to do something different. And it became showing themselves doing hay or, or around the farm or whatever it was. So people learned to expand their exposure, and, and it was really fun to watch. But it's, it's, it's not a bad thing. I think everybody learned something from this whole COVID thing. As, as sad as it was to be in the middle of it, when you were in there, you started going, Maybe we weren't doing everything to the max, right? And and now we're going to capitalize on that. And Jason, for not having events for two years, what was that like for you guys to plan one, cancel it, plan one, cancel it, plan one, have it, then get shut down middle of the event, but get an exception, still have one, and then come back the next year and not know until about March that we we're going to be able to even have one this year? Yeah. Well, the biggest thing is, you know, in, in any event, um, it takes a whole full year to plan it, right? And so we start you know, basically we finish up, you know, July 2nd or whatever night it might happen to be. And we have a meeting right then. And then we start. And then depending how heated the, the whole stampede's been, we might separate for a few weeks. But after that, we get right back at it, you know, start, every, you know, 
working, you know, kind of every month and every second week and then every week as we go through. And so you put a lot of time into it and you, and you make your plans and you sign contracts and you do all these things. And, you know, for two years, it's like, we'll sign this contract pending, right? We'll sign this pending. And that's tough. And it's tough on your suppliers. It's tough on your sponsors. It's tough on everybody. Um, and the other thing is, you know, to fire up what we call fire our plant up or, you know, get our grounds going. It's, you know, it's about a $300,000 deal just to get everything up and running, right? So you're just about ready to, you know, kind of hit the light switch and get her going. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, stop again, right? And, you know, I mean, we're a group of 15 directors, right? I got myself and 14 other directors. And you want to see grown men cry, honestly. I mean, you're just, that day you got to, you know, stick it out there on Facebook or whatever that we're not going, right? It's a tough day. We recently had a podcast episode uh, where they ranked the top 10 barrel racers from Canada. And a discussion that came up was the ground. And it'd be, I wanted to ask you as a committee member, like how much of a juggling act or balancing act or how hard is it to make sure the ground is good enough for your wagons and then for your rodeo performance and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a topic that comes up a lot in stuff we do. And it'd be cool to hear from your perspective. It came up yesterday too at the committee meetings as well, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. And actually there was a lot of positive came out of that meeting yesterday. Um, you know, the general consensus yesterday was, a lot of the barrel racers now don't look at it as good ground or bad ground, but they look at it as ground condition, right? Because, I mean, we're outdoor. It can rain three inches or it won't rain for three days, right? And you can put water on it, but you can't take water off. Um, you know, and you got the wagons going around. You got barrel racers, you know, running their pattern. You got bulldoggers sliding through it, right? And it, it's a tough deal. And we're real fortunate. We have uh, one of our board members, Bruce Harbin, does a fantastic job with the ground. And, but it's a balancing act. And, and the other thing is you can never make everybody happy, right? Just the way it is, right? Never going to happen. It, it surprised me too. So, <laughs> well, and, and to that point, like how, how as a committee person, do you deal with the, like, even from a like, fan standpoint, like we, Teddy and I as sound guys, we get all the complaints. Oh, it's not loud enough or it's too loud or it's way too loud. I was at a, a committee meeting this year where I had two different committee members come up to me like, Hey, it was a little loud last night. And then another one comes like, Hey, can you turn it up compared to last night? And so, I don't know. How do you, how do you, how do you do it? Well, I just, I give a lot of Ted's cards out. Number one. <laughs> he doesn't need complaints to give it. Here's a suggestion box. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I just pin them in the, in the washrooms. They're just like, yeah, music too loud phone this guy. No, just kidding. But no, you can't, you can't please everybody. Right. And you never will. Um, you know, so in the past we've had, okay, well tonight we're going to turn it down and we're going to have a, you know, an, an older act or something, and then we'll kind of keep it down. But then tomorrow night we're going to light it up, you know, and, and so now we've just kind of been, uh, I'll light it up every night. <laughs> <laughs> May as well, I guess. Eh? No. Well, I guess one more thing, too, is something we've noticed or I've noticed in all the committee meetings and part, things I've been part of over the past few years is recruiting new people to join the committees. And it's that, that there's not the turnover isn't what it used to be. And right. recruiting right. young people to be part of a, to volunteer their time to work on a rodeo committee is hard, it's a hard thing to, to sell to somebody. So how do, you, how do you or some other committees you've seen approach the recruiting process? Uh, it's tough. I mean, uh, a comment was made yesterday in the CPRA meetings that you want somebody on your board that's been there, been a cowboy. And, you know, that's important, right? And you have to have a really good balance. You need somebody that's been there, understands it, whether it's a, you know, a bronc rider or a wagon driver or what it might be. But you also need people with business sense, right? You need people that understand how to, you know, make budgets and make plans and sign contracts and do those things. Um, Even have contracts. Yeah, exactly. Even <laughs> have contracts, yeah. You should see Ted's, by the way. It's oh, pretty God. Um, I made it up. <laughs> but it's, you know what? You have to have a good balance, right? We're fortunate. 
I mean, we've got generations of guys. Yeah. I mean, so we're fortunate that way. Um, but there's less and less people who want to commit their time to anything. And not just rodeo committees, to any type of committee. Right? It's, it's getting tough. And it's a volunteer position. We gotta have, you got to have time, and there's got to be a why. Like, what's the, what's the why? Well, it's, you know, and it's different for everybody, right? you got, you know, you got ex-bronc riders that just want to stay in the sport, want to be involved and give back. You've got uh, guys that just want to give people, I should say, that just want to give back to community. Right? You've got people, to, you know, maybe they were sentenced for something they should have done. I mean, whatever, but <laughs> no, just that's Ted's contract. So. One more thing, though. I want to talk, uh, Eric, we uh, talked about the CFR, and then Wacey oh, brought up the barrel racing side of things, and I haven't heard much. I maybe need to ask more questions here, but where are you at with the Equipride and Equilux on the barrel racing side of things? We're going to see, like... Some recruiting this week? Yeah, we're gonna, are we going to see some, like, barrel racing horses, like Sweet Pro's... You know, hot, hot Donna. Donna. Is that like going to be? What's next that way? Is that the next forte with Sweet Pro? I'm sorry. Did you say a hot Donna? That's one of the horse names. Shelby Spiel, horse, horse of the year. Name, hot yeah. Donna. There we go. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> possibly, we're going to take Babel steps up uh, as we go along. But I think what we're going to do is po focus on those ropers, uh, lady ropers. I think that's going to be a big thing. Breakaways for next year. Yeah. I see. Awesome. Well, I guess one more question for each of them. Okay. It's, it's kind of a, for all you guys. Like As we head into the last couple, few perfs of the CFR, what are you guys looking most forward to checking out? Or seeing some matchups, some events, certain people? Yeah, well, I guess for, for Pinocchio. Aside, aside from being on the show. Well, yeah, this, this is the highlight. Right? Um, I mean, for selfishly for Pinocchio, um, our queen, uh, Mackenzie Skeels, Miss Pinocchio Stampede, is up for Miss Rodeo Canada tonight. And for myself, personally, that's why I'm here today. Is uh, hopefully we pulling can, for uh, Team Pinoca. Fingers crossed. Exactly. Eric, yeah. what are you looking most forward to for the rest of the weekend? Oh, um, <clears throat> I guess honestly, <clears throat> just just surviving. Must be good. Just <laughs> get emotional. Just you surviving. can't talk about it. <laughs> this one. And David, this is your first time up here to the Canadian Finals. Uh, what do you What do you think of the perf last night? What are your thoughts? And well, I don't know what Dave, I know. David's highlight is seeing me, so we don't we don't really need sure. to go too far. His day's complete. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I didn't even know. This was coming. This attire. What we should have told you, Mommy. What's night. this for? Yeah, I didn't know. Vintage night. So we we vintage planned, night. We planned some themes for each night of the CFR. If you would follow our social media, you'd see that I've been posting about it. But uh, yeah, tonight is our vintage night. We oh, just you guys. It's not a no, no, the thing. CFR. So okay. I, aside Good. from the cow wishes stuff, I also manage yeah. the well, then CFR social media. I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of these outfits tonight it should be good right hopefully hopefully people take part in it there's yeah. a few folks out there i thought i thought it was really good i mean honestly i you know i had i had no idea what to expect coming in here and i know i'd heard all this story about edmonton and moving here so i you know but i mean anytime you're in an intimate building like this and you've got the caliber athletes i thought the you know steer wrestling obviously was lights out last night um really liked watching the bronx as always uh, i really like um, this kid, Ben Anderson, I've met him only once at Cheyenne, but man, what a He's great a kid. kid. I yeah. love this guy. So mm -hmm. really fun to do that. And, and I have not got to, you got to remember, I've not met, I've talked to a lot of the endorsees, never seen him in my life. So I don't, I don't know a lot of them at all, even though I've talked to him on the phone or text or whatever. So I'm probably most excited is just connecting with people. I've done that through a few committees. Um, you know, so that's, that's the whole reason for me to be here is just put a name with a face and shake somebody's hand and look them in the eye instead of on the phone, right? Or text message or email or whatnot. It, yeah, there's a lot of kind yeah, stuff like that, you know. Well, thanks for being here, David. We're glad to have you. Again, thanks for joining us on the show this afternoon. Eric, same to you as well. Thanks for being here. And Jason, thank you. Yep, thanks, Best of luck to uh, Mackenzie this evening, too. Yeah, All right, thanks, everybody, for joining us. This has been Cowboy Shit Live.
got a head full of noise About a hundred different things I'm trying to avoid I got a mind in the gutter The trouble on one hand, a beer in the other Got the windows down and my fingers crossed Just looking for a brand new way to get You gotta get back Can to do it though, yeah. and getting in the hot tub. So let's wrap this thing up. We uh thanks again to Have Jason some... Klein, David Sharp, and Eric Thornberg for being on the show this week. Un- I guess involuntarily. Awesome. We just involuntarily. Really yeah, they, they don't know. Yeah, they had to. But that that was a really fun interview. Some of the stuff that we talked about with Jason and 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 David and even Eric had some really cool insights. Like there were some really interesting topics covered throughout that. So if you're what, a, if you're, what exactly did we cover, Wacy? We, I remember talking to David about the sponsorship and like what look because like he's the new like the new endorsee guy for Wrangler now too. Yeah. So we're talking about what what how do they look for endorsees in the new digital age and how social media plays a big part of that. Um, and I think we also talked to Jace, Jason about what makes the Pinocchio Stampede the Pinocchio Stampede, which I thought was a really cool topic. So some cool yeah. some cool conversations in that interview. And then for those that don't know what was going on. Uh, Eric actually had a cowboy shit t-shirt on underneath of his other stuff. So that might have not have projected well to the uh to the radio podcast audience. So if you're one of those going the on clip there, on social for everybody. Yeah, if you're one of those going on there, Eric was uh showing everybody how partnerships work because we partnered with Eric and Sweet Pro and Equipride Equilix this summer. Mm-hmm. And then uh and then uh oh that yeah, then he was wearing one of our shirts. But man, speaking of sponsors, we gotta talk about some more about range fuel. How good mm. is that range field jerky? Dude, that was a top five snack I've had in my life. Yeah. I'm going to. So good. Next time I see it on the road, I'm buying like 10 packs and I'm just going to stash it in my vehicle oh, for so good, road trip snack roonies. It's a nice delivery too because it's like a pepperoni stick. Yeah, it's a pepperoni stick, but it's jerky. It's like mm-hmm. so magnificent. I'm excited yeah. to get back into it. I'm a big fan. But it, what is that big over fan. there? Is that a birthday oh. pillow or something? It's oh, Jen. Oh, hey, Jen. <laughs> Whose birthday was it? Uh, there was two birthdays celebrated this weekend. Amanda's oh, dang. and then our other buddy, Brandon. It's actually just, his birthday today. I just saw this little birthday hat. I was like, what's going on with it? <laughs> <That's for you. laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just Oh, Tets big, uh, big uh, shout out to Jen uh, and spreadsheets. Uh, <laughs> just giving you a spreadsheet set out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> appreciate the spreadsheet help. Uh, big, big help there. She knows um, the way around one. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, okay, man, I got a story from you for you from last night. So, uh, you're away, but uh, I went down to Sean O'Brien's uh oh, birthday nice. party. So, we met yeah. we met Sean with Corb uh, in Vegas, uh, not this NFR, but the last one, like yeah. 2021. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so Sean is the travel manager for the Calgary Flames. And and what he he's they just he does some cool shit. So, and Brandon Tommy knows him from when he worked for the Abbotsford Heat, but mm-hmm. uh. Anyways, it was 50th birthday last night, so I went down to meet him at the Revival Brewcade in uh, Inglewood. Cool spot, hey? Yeah, it was really cool, man. It, we, uh, me and Brandon Parker were playing uh, some fucking shoot 'em up game. Like they, they had a bunch of coins, and we were like, yeah, like Nintendo, this... Nintendos and stuff down there, don't they? Yeah, cruising the world. Like I didn't play the Nintendos, but there's pinball machines. But like, yeah, Brandon Parker, like the Flames, you know, Brandon, like he did the yeah, Stampede yeah. Uh, yeah. broadcast for Sportsnet this year as well, and. Yeah, super nice guy. We got hooked up when he was working with uh, Global Lethbridge. 
But uh, anyways, yeah, I had a lot of good conversations. Sean Kelso too. I met at the uh, uh, at Valley Ridge Golf Course with mm-hmm. uh, another guy, uh, J- uh, Jason Johnson. Or Justin Jason Johnson. Johnston. Jason Johnson. Jason. He's a head. He's a sales manager for the Flames, I think, isn't he? Yeah, and then Kelso's the PR man. But mm-hmm. anyways, like cool, really cool group of like uh, crew there. Um, Sean was wearing his cowboy shit hat. It was nice. awesome. We were talking about how we could get Daryl uh, Sutter to be a cowboy shit endorsee of some sort, but we didn't think that we could get away with it. But we'll find yeah, a way. We don't know. But That's what awesome. we're trying to what we're trying to get at is that uh, I parked my truck. I went down there and I just kind of panic parked and parked like in this at this car dealership, like the one on Ninth Ave, right across from Swambos. Yeah. 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 So I was like, it's eight o'clock. I'm only gonna be here for like an hour. I'm just coming in to like drop in and say hi quick. So go in, have a beard. Don't think much of it. I'm like, ah, it's probably your truck's probably fine there. Right. Like, and like Inglewood's not very big. So there's not many no. places that you can really put that big ass truck of mine now. So I just kind of like panic parked and put it there and was like, ah, yeah, that's probably fine. And then, uh, sure enough, I go outside and go across the street and I already felt kind of weird. Like I was like, ah, it's probably wasn't the best idea to park there, but like, I don't know. I like, think it's probably fine. So I get back out there and I'm fucking stuck. My truck is stuck in what? the parking lot yeah so they it's like the it's like a parking lot and they got like vehicles like quadruple parked like there's four in a row and like yeah you know they're right on the street and whatever so they're all jammed in there and i just like backed in and like found a decent spot i thought it was fine but they had a truck on the end and they just like pulled it out so i was just jammed in there and i couldn't get out and i was stuck oh, no so i was like oh shit what do i can do now and i was like well fuck it i guess i gotta go home and uh, so I just jumped in an Uber and went back to the house and went to the neighbor's house and went and drank wine with the neighbors and whatnot. And I just like told Storm, I was like, yeah, I fucked up. I parked in a bad spot. Trucks but and it. Trucks. Yeah. Truck stuck. But but uh, then I go uh, I go get uh, uh, like get up in the morning and I like, have dreams about them like towing it. And then I was like sitting in the truck and be like, no, you can't fucking tow me. And I was like, had all these things going through my mind. And then I was like, fuck, my samples are in there and I got to go on the road tomorrow all my like cowboy shit stuff, Montana, like all this shit is in there. I fucking need all this stuff. And, and the fucking truck's going to get towed. And I was like, son of a bitch, son of a bitch, son of a bitch. And then 11, uh, they, but luckily they were fucking open on a Sunday for some reason. Mm -hmm. So storm and I went down there. Like we left the house like 10 30 sharp. We were there 10 45 and we just like parked across the street and just staked it out. And then I command started my truck. So it was like ready to go. So as soon as I saw any movement, I was going to bail in and get out of there. And then we waited around, waited around, waited around because I didn't want to get towed, right? Like I was like, mm-hmm. I can't afford this. I can't afford that in this economy. So, so I was waiting much. around. Yeah, waiting around, waiting around. And then finally I was like, fuck it. So I finally like called them. There's no answer. I was like, shit, shit, shit. What's going on? Are they going to just like not show up today? Like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. So I go over there and finally like walk over, get the, uh, hey, I walk over there, get the courage up to like go and like confront somebody like, hey, like my truck's here. Like, and I was going to try and blame it on somebody like, yeah, somebody borrowed my truck and like just parked it here and I'm trying to go find it. And, you know, I was try- just trying to get out of it, <laughs> trying to like grease my way out of this. And then mm-hmm. this guy like parks behind there and I think he works there. And I'm like, hey, uh, would you help me out here? Like I'm I'm my truck stuck in here. And he, he like is kind of a grumpy old looking bastard and like really yeah. asshole, like just automatic. Like this guy was a dick, like didn't he didn't give a fuck. And I didn't know if he worked there or what the deal was, but he like he's like, oh, sorry. I'm just going to the bank. Can't help you. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. I didn't know if he was like putting me off because he's like this fucking punk parked in my parking lot. And I'm not going to fucking move for this motherfucker. So anyways, he leaves and I'm like kind of suspicious that he knows more than he knows. But uh, 
then finally i'm just like fuck it i'm just gonna start this truck start rubbing the snow off of it like i'm gonna be ready to go if anything happens or at least get my shit out of here and yeah. like you know fuck like let's move on and they're then, just gonna sell your truck now they're just gonna sell my now. truck i'm just like i'm just <laughs> i'm just committed now like whatever and then luckily this girl shows up uh like 11 30 um i don't want to oust her because she hooked she hooked me up but like she shows up finally and uh she's like oh hey i'll move that truck for you so you can get out and i'm like oh yeah fuck yeah so i just like wipe the snow off and then i like go and like she jumps in the truck leaves it and i fucking whip out of there and get on the road by got your truck back four hours later yeah broke down that's it that's a tough deal yeah (laughs) anyways don't park, don't park your truck with the car dealer. Watch where the fuck you park your truck. Yeah. <laughs> Lesson to so I got I gotta ask ask the audience. Uh, I know we did, I know we had a few things we talked about different times where like uh whether you like your subs toasted or not. We had a lot of mm-hmm. uh, feedback mm-hmm. on that one. Um what else? Uh so yeah, what's the worst place that you parked and you got dunked on for it? I know you had like a little run in with a fucking post in your parking garage a little while back. Oh, yeah. And I had my car towed from the university one time, too. Oh, really? Because the university is so bad with parking tickets. So, like, <laughs> I went, I went, like, I had a parking ticket outstanding, I guess. Like, it was, like, a $40 ticket. Yeah. And they, I went into class, and I came out in the evening. I was, had to leave to go to hockey practice. My freaking car was towed away, and I had to, like, go running all over campus to get it back on time. And I didn't didn't get mid-maker to hockey that night. Was that uh, the Palominos? Yeah, I went out playing with the pals. Oh, damn. But it was like it was like seven at night, like in the middle of the winter. My car just got towed to like some crazy lot on the opposite side of the university, and I couldn't oh, find any answers from anybody to figure out how to get it back. Well, at least it, was it wasn't so like annoying. on that downtown one down off like 50th Ave. That was so oh yeah, that's an annoying one too. Yeah, yeah. Storm had that one Bad one deal. time. She parked on like 11th Ave or something during the wrong time, wrong time, and she missed it by like 12 minutes, and they fucking oh, towed it down to that lot. They're ruthless, that was a bad man. One. They are ruthless fuckers. Uh fuck what else oh okay dude the bachelorette so we're only like we're a back couple weeks a uh, couple weeks away from this what's what day is it today today it's so this the is 24 22nd so then like uh 24th 31st 7th yeah so like the next show is already the bachelorette so we have so if you're listening to the show right now make sure and go on our socials too right waste mm-hmm. we got the mm-hmm. link in the bio for that too so mm-hmm. our friend cassie Hausauer from lipstick and cowboy boots.com she has agreed, I don't know why, but she's agreed to be the Bachelorette. We've kind of talked about this, like Paige Morgan one time said she wanted to be the Bachelorette. I think Lacey mm-hmm. O'Donnell, before she found her uh, soulmate, Saul, uh, she was going to be the Bachelorette. And then, uh, I don't know, I think somebody else said they might want to do it. But anyways. It's happening. It's happening. Registration is open. When are we going to close it? We gotta, we gotta get. I think the weekend. Story. I think the weekend, but the weekend before, or like so. so that's next weekend. We're recording on the fifth, so I think they're gonna close yeah. on the third, Friday the third. Friday the third. Well, we're gonna or, even, or even thir- Thursday the up. Thursday the second. How about the first Groundhog Day? Remember, Wednesday the first. Wednesday the first. Okay, and, sure. Man, we got a lot of stuff going on actually because we're trying to launch our new website for February first too, mm-hmm. with, with our new on. line. As you can see, my sweater. I'm not gonna show you the whole thing. Hell yeah. But you might Stay have seen it somewhere. Some big news on that front. It's in some stores. We got some new stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. some new hats, new sweaters, t-shirts, the whole shittery. It's oh coming out words. probably February 1st. But the, yeah, applications for The Bachelorette. The show's going to come out on the 7th. But the, uh, uh, what are we trying to say? What am I trying to say? Applications, though, are closing soon. So get your name in. Uh, nominate you a friend. Or you know who, yeah, who would yeah. fill the bill. Yeah, we are already narrowing down the list. We already have more entries than uh, than we really need, so we're already narrowing the list down. We uh, 
Yeah. So come. So check so it out. Thank you. If you, if you, if you think about it, if you got, if you. <laughs> anyways, that's uh, that wraps up the show for this week. Anyways, you good, ways? I'm good, but yeah, I think we're pretty Sorry, much bro. done. That's okay. <laughs> uh, anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to uh, David Sharp, Jason Klein, and Eric Thornburg for being on this week. Once again, thanks to the Canadian Finals Rodeo for having us doing Cowboy Shit Live. Um, we are multi-provincial here currently, and uh, this this show had a lot of people on it. We got David from Georgia, Jason's in Alberta, you're in BC, Eric's in North Dakota. It's uh, a pretty pretty international crowd. Yeah. crowd. So yeah, so thanks everybody for joining us. Get your applications in for the Bachelor. Stay tuned. We got new we got new shit coming your way, or haberdashery, as my friend uh, Will Osler says. So get yourself tuned in for the new shit. We'll uh we'll catch up soon. Bye bye. I've got a love.